Yo, Hunter, what's up? What's up, bro? How you doing? Good. There we go. There you go. Now I can see you. Let's see if I can get this light just right. I gotta go with the ambient lighting at night. I I know. I I do too. My uh, my it disrupts my circadian too much, right? <laughs> I was gonna say I need to get on that because my uh, my apartment lights are a little too bright, but. Um, I usually have my blue blockers on, but I can't find them right now. That's what I got on right now. Yeah, honestly, they work. I wear them at I wear them at work when I'm on the computer, um, and I notice that my eyes strain less. I don't know if it's just placebo or what, but I'll keep doing it. And I, I feel like the blue the blue light from computers is so much different than natural blue light from the sky and the sun. I would agree. It's just, I don't know if it's more concentrated or, or just so much like powerful. I don't know, because it, it's just blue light. You're like, you're not getting the other colors of the spectrum as well. And if you think about it, our eyes probably are not prepared to look at screens in the way that we assume. Yes. Um, like we've never had screens like this before until maybe, you know, a few decades ago or a couple decades yeah. ago. Exactly. And so, it's so I think, so concentrated I think, in our little phones. Right. Yeah. So I think us trying to take any steps to mitigate the damage is is good. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I, I hate looking at screens. <laughs> I, I feel so much better when I don't look at a screen. Like, you know, uh, I'd just much rather be outside. Same. Um, so how you doing? Good, man. Good. Just put your uh put your daughter to sleep. Yeah, she's eating right now with mom and She'll be passed out. It's like as soon as she's done eating. <laughs> kind of like me sometimes. I feel the same thing. I have a nice you know, meal. Sometimes like right after dinner, I'm like, oh, man, I'm tired. <laughs> it's usually if I, I got to keep moving right after dinner. If it's... 100%. Um, so for, for the people listening in the future, today we have Hunter French, um, one of my friends that I made through Twitter. Um I'm I'm really happy that you are able to join me tonight because I know that you're a busy guy and you have a you know a relatively newborn daughter and um, got the fam. So mm -hmm. uh, I really appreciate you being here. I appreciate it, Mike. Man, it's uh you know we've been planning on this since I think like what episode like four or five. You wanted yeah. to you wanted to have me on, and I'm like ah, oh, well with this newborn we'll see <laughs> when you don't have a newborn. So it's like. We'll see when we can get in. But, you know, now that things have settled down a lot, getting back into the routine, the schedule, you know, the routine's big with the baby. So it's I can kind of block more time out later in the evening or early in the morning. I keep hearing that, you know, if you can get your baby on a consistent routine, that that's one of the best things that you could do, especially uh, long term too. And my wife has been incredible with it as well. Like, you know, feeding the baby timing the feedings feeding her at certain times in the morning midday afternoon always have bath time at 8 p.m every night and then she feeds right after that you know i think that that routine has got her sleeping throughout the night you know every almost every night i would say like 90 to 95 percent of the time which is huge baby sleeps from 9 p.m to 8 or 9 a.m wow nice sleeping way throughout the night and you know she's gaining weight we just had our appointment yesterday i think you know she's a really long she's gaining good weight head head's looking good she's, right yeah that's great active it's it's everything's great man all good news um so so i definitely i have a few things that i want to touch on with you but i wanted to first start with 
um, talking about your fitness and health journey um, because you work as a personal trainer and you, uh, you know, um, you, you have clients that you work with. Um, so give me a, a quick rundown of, you know, how your fitness journey started slash health journey and, um, you know, like what a real, like, you know, what your turning point was to the point where, like, you know, you started taking it more seriously, um, and then became a professional. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, going back to when I was like a young kid, I would see like my biological father, uh, I would see him, he was a big man. Like he was jacked. He was in the Navy and, you know, we, him and I didn't have a great relationship, but I would always see like that, that guy's huge. Like I would never want to mess with him. <laughs> and like, you know, my, my stepfather was in great shape too. He was in the army, you know, he could run a five and a half minute mile when I was young. I don't know if he could do that now, but that's tough. So just seeing like those two men in my life, you know, being fit and being active, being able, I was like, oh yeah, I should probably be like that someday. So, you know, when I was in high school, I would lift occasionally, but it's just like, I wanted, I didn't know what I was doing really. And I never really got serious with it. You know, I would go to the gym, do some curls, maybe like get on the, the bench press and like, just throw some weights up. I had no idea what I was doing and nobody to ever like really show me like the proper form techniques, anything like that. You know, what weights to use the difference between barbells and dumbbells until, you know, I lifted. Then I got to college. I went away to community college about three hours away from home. And uh, I lifted with some buddies on campus there. They kind of knew what they were doing a little bit more than me. So I worked out with them. But then I worked at a factory when I came back home in the summer. And <clears throat> one of the guys I worked with, he's like a semi-professional professional wrestler now. And he's a personal trainer in the in Des Moines area. He uh, he's big into working out. And we worked out at the same gym and I would see him at the gym. But then one day at work, I was like, bro you definitely lift. I'm like, can I work out with you? And he was like, yeah, man, like see you tomorrow at the gym, like five o'clock. And I'm like, all right. So that summer, you know, we were hitting it hard every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we were there even on like Saturday and Sunday mornings, we were in the gym working out. He showed me proper technique, proper form, you know, sets, reps, you know, how to eat. I didn't really know how to meal prep until he was like, you know, you got to get your meats, your proteins, you know, your fats, carbs, big on rice you know you always got to be eating to gain weight and i can send you a picture of him after this so you can like have it on here but this guy is jacked now he is he's huge man he's big he's way bigger than than i'll ever be probably and he's just someone i'm always like looking to for like in terms of lifting and nutrition advice he's one of like my mentors that i've i've seen in my life he's one who really got me into fitness and you know said that I need to take this shit seriously. Nice. So now, um, so now when was that? Was that in, that was, you said that was after college. Uh, that was probably like right after my freshman year of college, I would say in 2017, that summer, I just like hit it hard. You know, I was like, you know, I've never been like very big, like a little muscular, more like endurance shape in high school and college. But then like, once I started working out with him, I'm like, yeah, the weights are where it's at. Like, that's, yeah. that's what I want to do. Right. So now, so now was your goal just to get as jacked as you can get at that point? Yeah. That, that summer, I actually like the way, like the eating and like what he had me doing, I got pretty shredded. You know, I got down to like 
I think I was one like 80. And that summer, at the end of the summer, I was 164, 163, wow. somewhere around that. And I was just lean because all I was eating was like chicken and rice and yogurt, like every single day. That's like all I was eating. So, so now you're, you're someone that I find interesting because um, you, you're curious and you're always learning. <clears throat> so, mm-hmm. and, and you apply that to what you're doing, especially nutrition and um, food wise. So that's, that's one of the biggest components that I realize or am realizing my own, like, you know, fitness and health journey too, is that, you know, my food isn't just something that I enjoy the mouth pleasure of. It's also my fuel, right? Yeah. It's, it's fueling, it's fueling my, it's my like, work. yeah, this is going to make your body stronger. It's going to help you recover. You're going to sleep better. You're going to feel better. And a lot of people don't realize that like you and I, man. Right. So now, um, how long did you work out with him? And, uh, you know, when did you feel that you first started to, you know, take it and make it your own? So we worked out that entire summer together, uh, probably like end of May to like August. And then that, that second year of college is when I said, you know, I'm on a college meal plan. I've got a paid for cafeteria, three meals a day. And I've got a bunch of snacks and pizza in my dorm available. Like, let's, let's hit this shit hard. And, you know, I still didn't do everything right. Like there was some like leg stuff that I, I was mainly focused on like my upper body. Right. And so then, uh, you know, I hit the upper body hard. I got up to like 195 and that's the most I've ever weighed in my life. And then I said, I'm, I'm a fat fuck. I got <laughs> I to gotta trim this off. So I got lean again the next summer and then ended up having knee surgery. I had my meniscus removed the summer of 18. And I said, okay, you know, like Did my knees aren't injury? as good as I thought uh-huh. they were. I've got to, I've got to take advantage of this. You got that, you got that injury from weightlifting or. Yeah. I was actually in the gym like that summer squatting and, uh, at the same gym, I trained with my buddy and I was down low and my knee just kind of like buckled and, and I heard a pop didn't hurt. And yeah. I was fine. I just, I finished the workout. My knee felt like a little weird, but it, I just thought it was like something popped, you know, whatever arthritis as a 22 year old, <laughs> 21, 20 year old, whatever I was. Right. And that night, like I woke up in the middle of the night and my knee was like the size of a watermelon. Yep. That all, that's the sign. And I said, oh, great. So I dealt with it for like a week. And then I said, all right, I got to go to a doctor, went to a doctor. And he said, it's 99% torn. I got to take it out. Yeah, it was, it was after that. I really got focused on legs. And then I started actually training properly, you know, caring about my getting more dialed in on my nutrition, tracking everything I could on my fitness pal. You know, I eat the same back in like 2018, 19 my first year at the university of Iowa, I ate the same like three to four meals every single day besides like an occasional, like oven pizza, frozen (laughs) pizza, you know, six eggs, two servings of oats, chicken, rice, broccoli, uh, a protein shake with a banana. That was pretty much what I was eating every day. How how did you feel uh, mentally and physically when you were eating that consistently compared to, you know, maybe less consciously? 
I felt really good, man. Like, it's just like knowing that you're putting like the same, like good, important fuel into your body. It, I had, I was feeling pretty good. I probably could have drank a lot less alcohol and smoked <laughs> a little less marijuana at the time. I think that, uh, swayed me a little bit on my game. So now when you're helping people get into shape, do you reflect on some of the things that you've learned and, and, you know, like, um, maybe some of the challenges that you had, because even when I'm helping people now, sometimes I get caught up in trying to share too much of my own experience and maybe, you know, trying to see how different some people's challenges are. So what are some of the things that you specifically focus on when you're trying to help other people, you know, dial in nutrition and, um, maybe find the workout routine or some kind of way to stay active that they enjoy. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like, like what, exactly what you just said, finding something they enjoy. So I try to, anytime I program uh, a training program or nutrition program with somebody, you know, I don't make any of my clients track calories. I say, maybe if you want to know like what's in it, uh, track it on, I do recommend like, okay, you can try it on my fitness pal for like a month just right. to, what you're doing just to like get a feel for you know how many calories are in the steak you know how many calories are in a handful of chicken or a cup of rice a cup of oats how much pasta should i be eating sometimes people have no situational awareness of you know how much i am actually eating and I, i tell them just to do that but finding good foods you like i you know i tell my clients to eat a lot of protein and reflect back and, you know, I was eating high protein back then. I've, I learned that eating high protein is one of the best things you can do. So I always tell them to eat high protein, find a good fun, fun program that fits your schedule. Like, you know, if you like playing basketball three days a week, that's your cardio right there. Play basketball three days a week. If you like doing yoga three days a week, do some yoga, you know, just make sure we get in some resistance training. That's really where I like to enter in my inputs, you know, even if it's calisthenics, if we're just doing like dumbbells or machines, whatever you're doing, make it fun, progress, write it down, you know, right. make it challenging. So, so is that, is that the framework that you take when you're working with clients, which, I mean, you, you try to think of it as, you know, we need some kind of cardio to get moving around um, and then some resistance training. Is that like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cardio? Always cardio, always resistance training. There's no way out of it. I know like some online coaches have like programs that if, if you've seen on Twitter, they do like no cardio programs. Right. Which, which always got me. I, I, I think that's okay, but I just think doing cardio is important because it's going to help your muscles out either way. Like you're going to be able to do more sets. You're going to be able to do more reps. You're, you're going to be able to intake oxygen more efficiently. Like, why wouldn't you do cardio? Like I'm a, I'm a big, big supporter of cardio uh, sprints running multiple days a week, long bike rides, swimming, you got to do it. I was going to say, is there anything that you've seen people do that uh, is like the easiest barrier of entry? Like, you know, would walking be considered that? Oh yeah. Like if you do like long, long walks, you know, even just like 30 minutes a day of walking is going to be better than nothing. You know, I would say like, you know, if you're going to the gym, that's fine. But like, if you're adding 30 minutes a day of walking on top of going to the gym, you're going to progress so much faster than someone who's not getting 30 minutes of walking. Right. Um, and now what have you seen your clients respond to the best? Is it like, you know, do they, 
like how do some so something I'm trying to think about myself is you know how do I get them to get that same itch that you got right and that same itch that I got to then continue to be curious and learn their on their own is that just like you know the consistency that they build up over time and they see their own progress I'm curious. yeah seeing seeing the progress is a big thing there's my wife seeing the uh the progress is so big uh like one client i had back at uh, my old gym in person training you know he was kind of timid at first you know he always wore a mask he was nervous had no idea what, what to do he did some like uh uh orange theory if you've heard okay yeah yeah he was big into that and he he liked uh biking but he had no idea how to lift weights so i showed him how to deadlift showed him how to squat and he this man never wanted to learn anything else but deadlifting and squatting. I took his deadlift from, he couldn't even like pick up the bar hardly our first session to uh, 345 or 355. That's heavy. And like, he'll, he'll message me occasionally like, you know, I'm still deadlifting. And I'm like, great, man. I love to hear that. And it's just, you know, I'm glad that I could get that clicking for him. But it was like, once he started to get the hang of the deadlift, he wanted more. And like, he, he wanted to, to deadlift every single session. You know, I, so I, I, with me and him, I wanted to alternate like, you know, okay, we're going to deadlift this session, right? Next session, we're going to try squats. Next session, we're going to work on your bench, but he would purposely like squat like the day before or like bench the day before yeah. and say, Oh, I benched yesterday. We got to do deadlifts. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, okay, whatever. If that's what you want to do, like, let's do it. Right. So at that, at that point, do you, um, do you suggest like, you know, maybe doing different variations of a deadlift or. Oh you know? yeah. I, I always had him do crazy stuff. Uh, you know, hex bar deadlifts were a thing that's, I still, I program a lot of hex bar deadlifts into my client stuff. Now, if they have that tool, I just think hex bar deadlifts are much better than a deadlift. Anyway. I actually like hex bar deadlifts a lot more than. Uh, it's just, a, a I've never, I've hex bar deadlifted hundreds of times and I've never had an injury from them, but I've picked up 375 and destroyed my lower back before on regular standard barbell deadlifts right yeah it's interesting i don't know what that is i don't know if i that, don't know what it, i don't know if it's the, like the, the, you know the, the lateral back. hand placement and you can get like a little lower more center, more right? it's a little centered yes yeah okay. your center of balance is right there instead of over your body right yeah it's interesting so so like even someone like that the client that you just mentioned he probably just needed a thing, right? He just probably needed a thing that he could see progression in. And, uh, you know, just like even when we, we've talked on the phone a bunch as we were walking. Mm-hmm. Um, and that encouraged me alone to, you know, walk as often as I could. Um, it's not like I wouldn't walk before that, but I wouldn't really consciously walk or, you know, say, I'm just going to go out on a walk. I would, I would typically think, you know, all right, you run, like, you know, a couple times a week, you might bike, like, you know, you might hop on the assault bike, mm-hmm. but I don't know why, I guess I just took walking for granted. So even someone like, um, you know, your client, he'd probably just needed to find something that he could express himself through, which was let me max or let me just figure out what my max, let me max on my deadlift every session, <laughs> my trainer, if that's what you want to do, let's do it. And we, we, yeah, I programmed heavy deadlifts for the man. You know, I, I don't really program, you know, a lot of powerlifting stuff because 
I, I just don't want to see somebody get hurt. I don't want to see somebody try and, you know, lift something they can't and they hurt their back. I'd rather keep it mid to high reps. I mean, occasionally, once every couple months, I'll program a, a heavier day, you know, where we do two to six reps of a heavy weight, but I don't like to do that too often. I was going to say, what do you typically err on the side of now when you're programming? Do you err on the side of body weight stuff or just, you know, light weights first, just to see what the person can handle? Because even, you know, for someone that might be listening to this, that might not have a real weightlifting routine or regimen, because a lot of people don't go to the gym because they just don't know what to do. And they might be intimidated with, you know, hiring a personal trainer like yourself, mm -hmm. or, you know, asking for advice. So what would you suggest someone maybe try out? Or, you know, what do you usually default to when you're first meeting a client? Uh, anytime, like I, I do an evaluation. So let's say new client, they've never lifted, done any sort of resistance training in their life. I'm going to put them on the machines. Okay. I'm going to put them on the machines for a few weeks for a few sessions, maybe just so I can get a baseline for their strength and just to kind of, you know, teach them to use those muscles. Then maybe after a few weeks of that, move them up to dumbbells and just show them how to do like uh, sometimes calisthenics, you know, body weight rows, or I'll just have them do like wall push-ups or push-ups on the ground. If they can maybe introduce dumbbells, show them how to work with those. And then I feel like once they're ready, you know, we bump up to the, the barbell, you know, like with my one client with, who loved a deadlift, we did a lot of dumbbell stuff before. And then I showed him how to deadlift and it just, he took off with it. But so now, now I've, got, I've got one client right now uh, at my job at the recreation facility I work at. She, uh, she's 55 and, you know, she had never done any sort of lifting in her life. She's like, oh yeah, I walk for four days a week for 30 minutes to an hour and now i have her you know deadlifting 225 pounds oh, on the hex bar nice. i yeah i have her do this crazy workout it's you you deadlift with the trap bar we just put some like light 10s or 25s on it and then you, you do your reps 10 to 15 reps walk it all the way down the court do 10 to 15 more reps walk it all the way back and 10 to 15 more reps and then wow. we do three sets of those nice that's, yeah, that's, and that's, that's like the workout. That's killer. really, I yeah. have her do like a little bit of, you know, accessory work just to like, you know, keep her upper body strong or maybe tone the arms a little bit, but that's really all I have her do. And it's, it's less than 30 minutes. Sometimes it takes us like 15 to 20. She's wow. in and out and she's gone and she's, Probably she's doing really well. Breathing pretty heavy as she's doing that too. I would, I would imagine. Right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, yeah. it's like a cardio workout. Cause you know, you say that, that has to be considered a cardio workout to a, to a degree. Oh yeah. I, I do the workout. I'm actually uh, one of the kids that works out at the gym. Uh, I've worked out with him before and I asked him a couple of days ago if he wanted to work out with me this week. So tomorrow around four o'clock, we're going to do that deadlift workout. I love that. So now even that, that woman, how long did it take her to, to work up to that kind of a deadlift? Or to be able to feel confident enough in her form even. I think it was about after a month of seeing what she could do. I said, let's try the hex bar deadlift today. She's like, no, I've never deadlifted anything. We had, we had done dumbbell deadlifts before, 
just to show her how to use her hamstrings and her boots and keep her back strong, keep the core strong, you know, belly to the floor. And then I showed her how to do the hex bar. And at first we started with just hex bar deadlifting, getting the form right, right, seeing yourself in the mirror, what I need to do, watching me do the reps as well. And then I said, okay, well, you know, you're doing really well with this. Let's make it more challenging and just make it one big workout, take it to the basketball court, do our reps and sets there, make you get some carries in as well. So now how has she felt since doing that? Does she like, does she say anything about her progress or how she feels about it? Oh yeah. She says she feels like she's gaining a lot of muscle and I think she's only lost about like five or six pounds, but I've noticed that sometimes weight loss can take a long time. I'm not sure the whole science behind it, but I know that, you know, you're building muscle and more muscle, I think burns more fat, correct? Yes. Yes. Right? And I'm sure as you know, time goes on, the more muscle you build, you know, you're going to start burning that fat a little faster as your metabolism catches up. And I feel like the workout that you just described, the, the deadlifting with the farm, like basically like a farmer carry, I don't know if you would call it. I call it the farmer deadlift. The farmer deadlift. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it, that's, that, that's kind of what I was envisioning. So I would assume that that workout alone is considered a fat burning workout, right? Like, Oh, it's intense, man. I, I did it, uh, last week. I just put a plate on each side and I started with 12 reps, 12, 12, 12. And that I, on the last set, I did 15, 15, 15. Wow. And that shit kicked my ass. I was, I was, I was going to do some like body weight squats, but I said, no, I'm just going to do some dips and call it good. I just, did some chest dips and I left. Killer. So, yeah. yeah. No, I, I feel like that that's a whole body workout, 100 percent And um when I when I started getting into working out, I think that that's kind of how I viewed my workouts too. I I tried to think, you know, what what's functional? Yeah. And, and uh what's more functional like, than picking something off the ground and carrying yeah. it. Yeah. And and carrying it, right. Um, you know, especially like, you know, for a good distance, like like the length of a basketball court. And then putting it down and then having to lift it back up again, repeated amounts of times. Yes. And I think, I think this workout that we we've done has helped her tremendously. It's, it's really progressed a lot. Yeah. And if you think about something as simple as that um, and the impact that it could have, you start to realize how we overcomplicate shit all the time. You know, I agree. People make insane workouts. Sometimes I'll see things and I don't even know what they are. And, uh, you know, what you just described is the simplest thing ever, but people don't really ever do that or they don't think about that. Mm -hmm. Um, so would you consider your style of workouts to be more functional or how? Oh yeah, 100%. I, uh, I try to program things that you would need in real life. So like one other thing that we have done is there's a, a track that's close to our facility that's open for public use. And we've gone down there and we ran sprint intervals. So I made her run a couple fifties, a couple hundreds, a couple two hundreds, and then finish it out with a 400 meter sprint. And, you know, she's 55. 55, So she's going to, she's running hard. People don't realize how long a 400 is until you run it. She said she had no idea how long it was. She said, I didn't even realize, you know, running a whole lap around the track was going to be that difficult. (laughs) And, uh, Last week we ran hill sprints together. Nice. I said for our session day, we're going to go run six hill sprints and you're done. And she said, well, that's going to be easy. 
No, <laughs> no, it was not easy. After the first one, she said, "Okay, that was hard." <laughs> usually, when I do hill sprints, it's usually by you know, say I plan to do anywhere from like you know six to ten, depending mm-hmm. on how long or steep the hill is. It's usually by sprint number two, where my ego starts to to jump in, and it's like, "You're you're probably good after three, or you can probably end after four. Oh and yeah, then, and then the I, first I two you can run at full conflict. speed, in, and you're oh you're like I'm I'm so fast, and then that third one you're like oh maybe I'm not as fast as <laughs> and then your legs start to feel like jelly, and then you're as you're walking down the hill, you're getting that that workout in your quads too as you're walking down. So it's um I, I remember I used to do those all the time when I was still living at home. Um, I have a nice I don't know what degree the the hill is, but my brother and I mapped it out and it was about a hundred yards. We would run like a hundred yards, like sometimes a little bit longer. Um, If it was longer than a hundred yards, we would reduce the, I guess, speed that we would run. Like, you know, maybe we would run like, you know, 90%, but um, I would have to put my hands above my head and walk as slowly as I could down the hill just to recover. And, um, and I would try not to give myself a rest. So so I would try to like, you know, view the walk back down the hill as my act of recovery. That alone, I think, helped me lose a shit ton of fat. Mm-hmm. Just I probably I probably didn't even really burning, man. Yeah. Not letting even, yourself recover as well. Even even afterwards. I don't know if you get the same feeling after doing hill sprints, but I feel like uh it's it's almost like anabolic to a degree. I feel like my body is wide awake and uh like you know ready to and then when you're done when you finish that final hill sprint what what is the feeling in your body just complete relief oh it's like i don't even know if it's like euphoria or like some kind of like i don't know i'm just encapsulated in this wonderful feeling it's like i could lay there for hours right i'm like in such a good mood i'm happy i'm relieved but it's like, I just did one of the most intense things I'll ever do. And, and that goes to your, your brand and your company, right? Like uh, with, with the, using the word primal. Yeah. Primal like, human, man. I feel like to a degree sprints are as primal and as human as you can get. They are, they are. I, I, you know, in looking at uh, the research and like some of the stuff from like modern humans compared to ancient primal humans, it's like, you know, we had to do a lot of sprinting and we chasing animals down, running after things. I don't know, running away. From right. Things. You have to. It was essential to be able to do it. And then you think about most people now, most people now don't ever run a day in their lives after like, you know, high school recess, right? Yeah. Like they graduate high school, uh, you know. They, they might have, you know, thrown a football around that at lunchtime if they didn't play a sport. But, you know, even if they did play a sport, most people don't ever lift, work out or do anything ever again after high school. And then you think about how simple what we're talking about is it's uh, maybe that simplicity is what people overlook. But, you know, find the hill and, and run, run up that shit, run up it. it five times and that's, that's all it. good. So now how many, when you're programming sprints or something like that for a client, how many times will you program that a week? Or how? Uh, once, no more than once. I think 
you know, keeping it run long distance once or twice at least, and then sprints. run your sprints. Because that's back when me and my friends ran hill sprints in Iowa City. We met at 6 a.m. every Friday. Wow, nice. Yeah, 6, 6.30, never later than 6.30. We tried to time it like as the sun was coming up. So we would finish and the sun would be just cresting over the hill mm. that we would finish on. And it would, it was amazing. So we tried to do that, but even with clients, if they have the time and the capacity just once a week, you know, some clients don't even have the time to go running at all, which I don't think is completely true, but right. I think everyone can find, some I think time. you can find, you can go on a 10 minute run, like just you no jog for 10 minutes. Think about hill sprints, hill sprints shouldn't take you more than like, you know, I don't know, 15 minutes. I agree. 20 minutes, especially if you're not allowing yourself to rest that long. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I I think that that's, that's, it's no excuse. And um, yeah, you can get really creative with them too. I I think I, I was even at one point doing like hill weighted hill lunges. Oh yeah. I started, I started to get, I started to get like slightly carried away. Yeah, we've been there before. Uh, we were doing like back pedals That's and then uh, bear crawls. Ooh, nice. Oh, yeah, it was bad. They, it was, Juicy. We were throwing up. You know, we had <laughs> guys that would go over to the bushes and vomit after like five hill sprints. So now when it comes to nutrition and food intake, do your clients end up picking your brain about that or do you give them advice on that and, and how to all depending on their goals, you know, like client a might want to gain as much weight as possible. So I'm saying, all right, we're eating four meals a day. You know, I'll try as much protein as possible. If you need protein sources, we're talking meats, we're talking yogurts, milk, cheese. Uh, don't center your meal around cheese, of course, but right, try right. to center your meal around meats for every meal. I right. Say, like if you want to do like a, a vegetarian protein, like some kind of pea, soy, protein whatever it's fine i whatever you want just get your protein in is eat as much as possible try to get minimum 30 to 40 grams each meal and are you suggesting them eat that you know specifically before or after or it doesn't really matter i mean if they're always try to figure out too for myself like let's say client a you know he's trying to gain weight uh just you know eat your meals and then time your training when you can so like you know always, always want to eat a meal after you train. Don't, right. I would say don't like lift super late at night and go to bed hungry. That would not be anabolic at all. Right. You'd want to maybe lift a little earlier, eat that big meal, then go to bed. That would be anabolic. Cause at that, at that point you're kind of missing out on the gains. Oh yeah. I would. Yeah. You're missing out on so many gains right there. All those calories that your muscles aren't going to be able to use. And, and I think that's where I might've gotten myself injured a few times too, because um, when I, when I lost 80 pounds, I was, I was lifting, I was lifting a lot with kettlebell. I was, you know, deadlifting, uh, doing a bunch of stuff with dumbbells and stuff. Uh, I got interested in Olympic lifting and my weight was going up in all those lifts, but I eventually plateaued and, um, I was losing weight at the same time. And, uh, I was definitely losing fat, but I think I was also, losing muscle to a degree too, because mm-hmm. I was losing it relatively quickly. And I don't think I was putting as much attention as I should have on my food intake and like, you know, when I was eating and, and why I was eating. 
So I think that definitely hurt my gains for sure. Um, and that's something I still try to think about now. Like, you know, even when I just sent you the picture of, uh, you know, my post jujitsu meal, I'm now trying to apply that to what I'm eating. Yes. And I'm saying, okay, I need to eat something after I work out. Yes. Um, but and because it's like you understand that, that the meal that you had, the blueberries, the honey, the bananas, uh, cottage, what else, cheese. What else, cottage cheese, that's, that's super important. Like the, the, the proteins are slow digesting, right? You your carbs, your antioxidants, your sugars. And, and I think, um, cottage cheese specifically for me, uh, digest well i guess because it's a slow digesting protein oh dude i eat cottage cheese all the time really I like to, oh every morning usually i eat huge breakfast in the morning four to six eggs and then i'll always have like i'll try to pair a meat with it lately i've been doing like these ground turkey bakes mm. so like i'll i'll cook my ground turkey lay it out in a ceramic dish and then i'll pour like eight to ten eggs over it and then i'll put some mozzarella cheese or some spinach in it and just like throw it in the oven and that's what I eat breakfast. Nice. I have to try that actually. Yeah. And then maybe some cottage cheese on the side, but you know, my wife nice. likes cottage cheese. So we eat it a lot. She likes it with peaches. I like it with blueberries and honey. I have to try peaches too. Peaches are great. Peaches are great. It's, they're not in season right now. I'm sad. <laughs> so, um, have you, have you seen, uh, like, you know, clients take on like the, the diet portion on their own, or is that, which is the bigger challenge? Is it what I do I'm think that, that, oh, so, so I can teach any, I can teach a monkey how to lift weights. That's, that's not a problem. Uh, getting that ingrained into their brain is pretty easy, you know, pick object up, set object down. Right. But teaching them about like the, the whole spectrum of nutrition is more it's difficult. Tough. It's, it's a skill. It really is. I, I realize that I'm still trying to figure it out for myself now. And I would say that I'm formally like, you know, six years or seven years into my fitness health journey. Um, and then when I think about how I can help people now or in ways that I'm helping people now, I'm realizing that I'm still learning myself and mm -hmm. uh, timing the meals and you know, like, you know, what to eat exactly and when and preparing like, you know, because people have busy schedules and stuff, yep. it's a challenge. It, it could be. So I could see why people might revert to easier options or quick options. Um, I have been more vocal about fasting since we did our fast. Nice. That's a, that was really important to me, man. I took a lot from that. That was, I'm really glad we all did that together. Would you, would you, like, would you, would you take hours or more? Yeah. I ended up going 72 hours. Yeah. Dude, that's incredible. I just yeah. did 36 and I thought I was a badass. Was that the but first that is incredible. you did? Hmm? Was that the first fast that, that you did? Uh, that's the first time I've ever gone a whole day without eating. Nice. Dude, I went, I did a fast in like, I don't know, January, February, March or something like that, where I just, I skipped breakfast, I skipped lunch and I had dinner. <laughs> right. So that, that, was, that was the only fast. Now it was my 24 like, hour fast. Yeah. I was going to say that was probably like an 18 to 20 something hour fast, yes. which is still yes. good. Yes. I've never done a 36 before and it was incredible. You know, I broke it with eggs and I think I had cottage cheese there as well. Glass of milk. So what, what did you take away from the fast? What do you feel like you learned the most? I feel like fasting is such an important tool. I just, I felt like it really helped with the recovery as well. Mm. I don't, I don't know the whole science, you know, autophagy or, you know, cellular recovery. I don't know everything behind it, but I just, I, I do feel like that it helped me recover a little faster and that 
I got really good sleep. So maybe the, the good sleep right factored into the recovery more hundred percent. And I just, I feel like more people should use fasting as a tool for fat loss. I was going to say, I, I because it, that cuts, that cuts 2000 calories out of your whole week of eating. Right. And that's, and that's a big deal over time. When you think about 3,500 calories being in a pound, it might, it might not all be fat. Like you might be losing some muscle, but from what I've been reading recently, um, we really don't start losing muscle until like, I think like day four or five. So, so muscle uh, preserves well, it'll use all the fat on your body. Before it starts yeah. using muscle, because if yeah. you think about it, we didn't always have, you know, uh, a food store down the block or, you know, 20 minutes away or 30 minutes. That's, away. that's the thing with the primal human. You know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of working on like a nutrition book to give to all my clients. And I have uh, a couple pages in there about fasting or like OMAD diets. And it's like I said, you know, back a couple, like a hundred years ago, 200 years ago, we didn't have a grocery store, right? Or a, we had to wait for the market to open up on Saturday if you wanted to go get some food you had to hunt you had to go provide you had to fish and it could have been days before you had right. and so that's so just a couple hundred years ago yeah so so if you really think about it our bodies are primed to do that we're meant to do that we haven't lost that evolutionary ability yet no, there's no, there, there's no way so so if you think about us doing that more often and using it as a tool that's got to be something that gets us closer to being and feeling like a real human being and not, yes. and not the like, you know, fat bloated typical consumer that, you know, society is definitely pushing mm -hmm. to be, especially. I think, I think I lost like five pounds, just not eating. Food. Wow. I think I went from 185 to 180, like 0.5 or 181s. Wow. How much weight did you lose? I don't even know because I was traveling with my wife. We were in Chicago, so I didn't really have a, a scale. But um, I, I felt my clothes feel different for sure. Like my pants oh, yeah. just sitting on me differently. My shirts were sitting on me differently. So it's, isn't that crazy how like just a couple of days of not eating, you can feel your shirt just like dude, more baggy. Wild. wild. And just, yeah, just even how your shirt like sits on you or like how your pants sit on you. Um, that was wild. The 72 hour one was intense for me, for sure. I, I think what helped me out was those electrolyte packets and the lmnt packets that have some what sodium those elements aren't those aren't those awesome uh, amazing amazing what um, did you get the flavors or did you just get the unflavored the unflavored okay i mean it's look, it tastes like salt it's like salt water but salt. <laughs> right yeah it's just salt potassium did you have black coffee though yeah you had espresso right i did i did yeah i had a like 12 ounces of like jet fuel black coffee <laughs> I, I had coffee, I think day one, I had a triple shot over ice, like, like we've talked mm -hmm. about. And then day two, I think I might've had like, you know, maybe a single or a double. And then by day three, cause on day two, when I had the coffee, it made me feel slightly jittery. Um, you didn't have any food and you had a, yeah. Cause I just didn't have any food and, and I, guess, I guess I already had somewhat of an adrenaline rush from not eating. And then day two, I said, okay, I feel a little jittery from this coffee. I don't think I'm gonna have coffee tomorrow. And then for some reason, a thought popped into my mind. It was like hour 40. I said, you know what? Let's, let's go for like a two mile run 
and let's simulate a failed hunt. And I just, I went on a two mile run. I just tried to run as hard as I could. I ended up running like, um, I, I didn't run for a little bit, but I ended up running like a 750 mile and then like a 747 mile. And that was like, and, and I've ran faster in the past, but for being fasted and not having run for a little bit, that was, that was decently fast for me. And, uh, afterwards I just felt jacked up, like, like yeah. as pumped up as you could possibly imagine. And then by the next morning, the third day, I didn't even have coffee and, um, my brain was just firing on all cylinders and I definitely felt not tense, but like my, my patience was drawing a little lower and, uh, I was quicker to say things that maybe in the past or normally I would filter out. So it was a really cool mental experience too. I'm, I'm excited to do the next one. I think, um, case who we did it with that time is also going to do a fall, like an end of season fall one. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to try to break my record of 72 yeah. hours just, just to see what it feels like. Oh, man, I, I could probably add in another day. For sure. If I you could, could definitely do, do another day. For sure. Yeah. If you could do 36, you could, you could do 48. Cause I feel like it gets, it actually gets a little easier after the first 24 to 48 hours. I think the biggest temptation for me was seeing my wife eat ridiculously good meals while we were in oh, Chicago. Man. Like, you know, she's eat, she, we're sitting there and we went out to dinner and she, she looked at me and she's like, you're going to, you're going to come out to dinner with us to this fancy ass you know mexican restaurant and you're gonna be able to just not eat anything i'm like yeah i'm i, I just have to be disciplined i made a pact you know oh, and you hear you hear the the fork the and clinking the and the, chewing oh. and the smells oh. oh man and they're they're enjoying nice cocktails and glasses of wine and i'm like oh man it, but but if anything it made me you know appreciate my effort even even more and mm -hmm. uh, i think it's forever going to be a tool Yes. That I use. And uh, I had an anatomy teacher in community college that would always say, like, eat a little bit less, you'll live a little bit longer. Wow. That, that's, that's, not, that's a good way to view it. Yeah. She always said, like, you know, like, take a break from eating sometimes. Like, you'll live a little bit longer. Wow. She was cool. She was chill. She was a hippie. And now, was she talking specifically about fasting or was she, was she just I don't know. She was very vague calories. about it. She just said eat a little less, live a little longer. She always said it. She said it like once a week. I like that. Yeah. Every, like any, anytime we were like wrapping up a discussion, she was like, you know, bad things happen when you get old, but eat a little less, you live <laughs> a little longer. It was weird. I love that. I do too. I, and that's something that I've kind of like realized that, yeah, you know, I probably should eat a little less sometimes. Right. And uh, sometimes when I see like, you know, the, the fitness and health gurus talking about it. Like, you know, I see, I've seen some people say that they suggest eating one and a half grams of protein per body weight. And I've done that math, even me to eat a gram of protein per body weight is hard for me to hit on a daily. I day. don't, I don't hit 185 grams or 200 grams per day. It's like, Dude, you know, I might, yeah, I, like, I, can't, my eggs, I, I eat my, my normal meals during the day. I probably get 150 Right. Right. I, I probably get, yeah, I don't hit 180 to 175 grams of protein a day. It, it would just be too much time spent eating and digesting. I feel 
Um, I'm sure there are some days, I'm sure there are some days where I hit it. Like, you know, if I gorge. Oh yeah. Yeah. There are some days where I have like, uh, you know, my, my dad, you know, he smokes a, a big thing of meat, like a brisket or right. you know, he smokes a bunch of chicken. You know, I've got unlimited chicken to eat and I can just eat 120 grams of protein right there. Right in there in, in one sitting. But so, that's, you know, I don't always have unlimited chicken. <laughs> Sometimes I have an eight ounce steak and that's all I got. Right, right. So, so now in shifting focus to now you having a family and having to like, you know, feed your daughter and, you know, just like set an example how do you then apply what you're doing to now, like your, your personal life? Like, you know, are you th- doing anything differently? Are you thinking about that stuff over time? And like, you know, what you'll feed her as, as she grows up, because I'm thinking about that too. When my wife and I have kids, um, I'm thinking like, you know, what, what are we going to feed this kid? Like, you know, are they going to be able to eat everything that I'm eating because I'm learning a lot and I'm mm-hmm. trying to figure out what works for me will they have the same, like, you know, gut and ability to digest what I do? Mm-hmm. So, you know, like where, where's your mind at on that kind of stuff? So uh, right now baby is uh, breastfeeding primarily. That's all she does. We occasionally when mom is busy, uh, I'll feed her like a bottle, like if, but I think she's only been bottle fed three times. So every time straight from the tap breast milk <laughs> and, you know, my wife has been amazing, like with uh, her pumping and storing the breast milk. I think we've got over 700 ounces nice. of breast milk in our deep freeze. So it's like, you know, we're trying to build up as much supply as we can so that baby can use that instead of cow's milk. Cause you know, I want her to use baby breast milk for as long as she can. And we're going to try the, so you can't feed a baby solid foods until six months okay but we're gonna do baby led feeding where you know we we try giving her like a little bit of mashed up steak or like a little bit of mashed potatoes or right you know maybe like some minced chicken or maybe some greek yogurt or something like that or mashed blueberries just something something simple like that i my wife used to be a nanny and oh, nice. she had this uh, child who was six months old and he was mounting down on six ounce ribeyes and wow and eating like broccoli and mashed potatoes for dinner like this kid was a tank you know and that's the parents like recognized that he could eat that stuff so they were feeding him that stuff and you know he was like top five percent ten percent in all his like wow percentiles just jacked a jacked yeah, baby this kid was huge <laughs> it's like this kid was a monster and that's, you know, that's something that, you know, we don't want our daughter to be a monster by any means. Right. Yeah. But, uh, I do want her to eat like the same way as we do, you know, uh, you know, protein dominant nutrient packed meals, you know, like nothing against my parents because they didn't know any better. But not when many, I was young, I ate like Doritos and Mountain Dews and I was eating like ding dongs and oatmeal cream pies and drinking a bunch of juice and whatever soda, it was not great. But I, you know, I didn't have a parent that said like, you know, we got to eat our nutrient packed protein dominant meals. That's, that's what I'm thinking about too. Right. Like I'm coming so it's like, you know, perspective that my parents, how much that affected my gut and my taste right. buds when I was such at such a young age, I wasn't even, I was only breastfed for like a month too. So it's like, I got formula fed for most of my infant life. 
right same you know, how much that changed my body my physical mental structure my gut everything about me but how much different will it be with a primarily breastfed baby and then only impact foods right and and that's a big deal even um i was at my cousin's recently and he's got three three young kids and um uh there's there's one of their sons i'm the godfather of oh, uh, so, so i was dropping off i was dropping off a birthday gift and he got some food for us to eat he got cold cuts uh you know bread to make sandwiches and he makes his son a sandwich and his son's sitting at the table with us and he he looks at it and he takes the bread off and he just starts eating the meat he starts yes. he just starts Ooh. eating the turkey and then he looks around and he asks for more turkey and i looked at my cousin i said he doesn't like bread and he looks at me he's like no he doesn't he doesn't like bread he's like we try to make him sandwiches like you know we give him some pasta sometimes but he just goes for meat he's a big meat guy he goes i don't know what it is and i nice. just looked at him and i'm like he gets it the kid nice. gets he it. gets it <laughs> he gets the real one and he also doesn't like to you know wear socks or wear shoes he likes going barefoot oh. So then I, that made me look at little kids differently. You know, like, you know, a lot of, I'm realizing a lot of little kids don't like to wear shoes. They don't like to wear no. socks. And then I view myself as someone who has kind of been made fun of in my intimate circles for wearing barefoot shoes and not liking to wear shoes or liking to go barefoot as often as I can. And it makes me think, you know, kids are innately in touch with that stuff they yes, yes. they have a they have an understanding that we don't they do like they they really do like they they understand like you know your foot shouldn't be squished into something right like your uh you know the the food that they're eating like they're going after things that they like you know if you feed your kid i'm sure pasta every single day from a young age they're going to just want pasta because mm. i'm sure that they'll become addicted to the like you know insulin uh the sugar spike yeah uh, after digesting it but but if you feed them good quality foods from day one and show right. them yeah your feet can be free you don't need to wear shoes like they're gonna they're gonna have so much more development so much more growth it's really interesting um that's stuff I'm, I'm very excited for i even heard one of my friends recently told me that they they mince up or they like you know finely dice uh <laughs> bless you Thank you. Yeah, that they find that they finally dice up beef liver for their young kid. Wow. And I thought, damn, I'm like, they, they don't even eat beef liver themselves, but um, but they knew that it's but really if they just like introduce it and yeah. they just, like, start at a young age. That kid is gonna be like, Where's my beef liver? <laughs> right, like, right. right. And then uh and, and you think about the fact that you know someone like that is doing it it doesn't just mean that they're doing it. It means that, you know, there are thousands, millions of people that are also thinking the same way. So as we have people that are eating like, you know, meatless Monday lunches in New York city public schools and vegan Fridays, um, you also have people that are introducing beef liver to their kids. You have like, you know, yeah. someone like yourself who's introducing whole foods and nutrient dense foods to their kids. So it, it makes me realize that, you know, the the spectrum is getting wider i guess and there's no like middle yeah um, i agree it's like kid, parents are either like doing one thing or the other and and you, and you see that in what kids look like you know, you know kids are heavier than ever 
Oh, the childhood obese. obesity is a problem. Big problem. Big, Big problem. problem. There's so many fat kids. It's a it's a shame, dog. It's insane. It's insane. I mean, I, I don't you know what you're a kid, you know, but you go to a, a school nowadays and it's like over half the kids are fat. Right. Yeah. And not just like overweight, like obese. Yeah. Obese. I was definitely chubby at um certain. Oh, times. yeah. I mean, like I think I some chubby. kids have baby fat still and like they right. kind of grow into that. Right. But I just think most of these kids are just fat. Yeah, because that's they're, more than just baby fat on that kid. Right. hundred percent. And it's because they're eating foods that are not rich in nutrients. No. Um, they're not nourishing. Processed, processed, processed. All processed shit. And uh and and they're not moving like we talked about. No, uh, it's because like in some schools, gym classes canceled or kids just don't participate. You know, did you run the mile in your gym class? We ran the mile like every spring and every wow. fall. Yeah, no, I didn't run the mile, but we were active as hell. We like, you know, yeah. uh, I went to an all boys high school. So it was like pick up basketball every gym class or, you know, just like pick up games and they got intense. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and I agree that definitely that's how it should be. Kids, yeah. Kids are meant to be active. And, you know, you have so many parents like it's a little off topic, but oh, my kid has like energy problems. They struggle with ADHD. They can't right. focus. Well, have you tried like being active with your kid? Have you tried yes. feeding them good quality food? And, you know, maybe some kids actually do have a problem where they, you know, they actually have like a mental right. nerve issue. They can't focus properly. But I would say most kids just need to like exercise and eat good food. Right. Have you had clients that talk to you about that? About that? I have kid? not actually. I have not had anybody say anything about, you know, what can I do for my kids? Right. Not yet. But I would help, you know, I'd love, I would love to help where I can. I think it's, I think it's hard for parents to admit that. Oh that yeah. Uh, you know, every parent thinks like what they're doing is the going to be the best thing for their child. It's, it's going to be extremely hard or difficult for any parent to say like, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking up. I'm not doing <laughs> what I should be doing. Right. Yeah. It's hard. It takes a lot of guts to say that too. Cause like, I guess you, I guess you as the parent first have to say, like, you know, I'm fucking up first before, like, you have to admit it and say it to yourself and really accept it, which mm -hmm. is hard for people to do. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not saying I'm going to be a perfect parent to my daughter, but I'm going to damn make sure I'm doing as best as I can. Dude, you're, you're learning every day. I, I see you, uh, like, you know, even if it's not messaged to us personally, I see what you're sharing on Twitter and, uh, you're, you're constantly learning, constantly applying new things. Oh, yeah. It's like that's that's something that, you know, you and, you know, Hogan and I have all talked about before in our, our coffee talks. It's that like you, if you can't stop, like if you stop learning, you're going to become stagnant or comfortable. And that's just not not what I want to do. Not something I just want to do. I want to always be learning and taking more information and applying it to my life. What is, um, what's one of the bigger things that you've applied to your, I guess, nutrition slash health, uh, journey in the last year? Like, what do you do differently now that you've seen the biggest difference? Like, you know, is it something as simple as drinking enough water or is it, you know, something as simple as like, you know, eating a certain food, like what, what have you done that you've seen the biggest benefit? Uh, my fish intake, 
I okay. used to never really like know the benefits of fish. Like, you know, growing up, I ate pork chops, I ate steaks, ground beef. It was like beef, pork, and chicken. Right. Occasionally, you know, if me and my dad caught a catfish at the river, nice we'd fry that over the fire. And that was like my fish. Well, I never had fish ever unless it was a McDonald's fish fillet. <laughs> so like uh, the last year I've been on this like fish craze, like learning from so many like Twitter accounts, like the amazing benefits of omega threes. Mm. And, you know, I mean, in high school and in college, like since I never ate fish, I took omega threes. And then eventually like last year, the year before I said, why am I taking omega threes when I could just fucking eat fish? Right. Like, I'm an idiot. And I've been like, you know, I don't really care about the price of salmon. I'm going to eat salmon. I love salmon, wild caught salmon only. I don't like the farm raised because they feed it whatever soy slop and they color it with like red food coloring. No good. Uh, I like salmon, anchovies, love scallops. Uh, Sardines are big in like extra virgin olive oil. How do you eat your anchovies and sardines? I'm, I'm still trying to get myself to eat those. Uh, if the anchovies still have their heads, I just like, just like drop them right into my <laughs> mouth. But the, the sardines, uh, depending on like which brand you get, uh, one, one brand I get has a lot more omega threes, but it, they're like bone deboned and skinless. So it's just like meat. Okay. And then one brand I get wild planet, best brand you can get. They have the the skin and bones still in, so you're getting a lot more collagen protein from that as well. Eat, can you eat the bones? Oh yeah, yeah, they're crunchy. They just dissolve right in your mouth. Oh wow! And you know, I I order them off Amazon. I do like the subscribe and save to save a little bit of money because you know sardines aren't too cheap. But uh, you know, I'm always trying to eat fish once a week minimum. I will always eat it once a week minimum, even if it's just like orphan down a can of sardines in the morning or like are they, uh, are they too salty they are a little salty i don't sometimes like if i'm in a rush i'll eat them right out of the can but i really like to i'll put them in a bowl and i'll whisk them with like some mayo and like some egg and maybe put like a little bit of relish in there it's almost like an like an egg salad with it yeah i could do that or i'll like i'll fry it up and make it into like a patty wow Okay. Yeah. And make like a melt, almost like a tuna melt. Yeah. 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 I don't like tuna. Tuna sucks unless it's fresh, like, you know, a tuna steak where you cook it medium rare and you eat it like that. That's good. So you'll, you'll take the anchovies, mix them up, like to, to break them up in a bowl, mm-hmm. add a raw egg mm-hmm. or raw eggs, mix it around. Yeah. And then put that on the pan to make it yeah. into like, put it on a hot pan with some olive oil or some butter and put it on a sourdough bun and you're good to go maybe add some try some that peas or whatever you like pickles it's Have fire it's so good yeah that, that sounds good it sounds yes. easy too. but fish fish has really made the huge importance and like difference in my life man i it's something that i never really understood the benefits until i've i've seen the research and read that you know you get you don't you can't really get a whole lot of omega-3s from beef unless it's grass-fed Right. And even then, like the amount of omega threes you get from fish is just so much more than grass fed beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so now, what kind of advice would you give to someone who, like you know, might not be able to hire a personal trainer and just kind of wants to start their own journey? 
like, you know, what's the simplest kind of advice would you give to someone to like, you know, maybe what to do in the weight room and like, you know, the smallest things that they could do nutrition wise to maybe see some great benefits mm-hmm. over the long term if they stayed consistent with it. So drinking your water is always going to be number one. You know, don't drink too much, but don't drink too little. Drink when you're thirsty is what I like to tell my clients. Uh, But if you want to make a difference, go on your daily walks, see the sunrise, see the sunset, Mm -hmm. go on a walk right before bed, see the darkness. That's going to help your circadian rhythm a lot. And if you're going to get in the gym, do your push-ups, do your pull-ups, your rows if you can. But if you can't do any of those, Hop on a machine, ask one of the front desk people or the workers of the gym, how do I work this machine? You know, what could I do in the gym? You know, those people are paid to do that. Right. Most of the time, if you just ask a personal trainer, like, hey, what could I do for this workout today? They're going to help you. You know, right. I've, I've helped hundreds of people in my gym just, you know, like by being in the gym, doing my own workout. And someone comes up to me and says, hey, you're the personal trainer here, right? Yeah, I am. Well, I'm looking for a workout for my, you know, my lower chest. What could I do? Okay, well, we could do cable flies. We could do decline pushups. We could do dips. You know, what what's available to you? We could go over there and do low chest press. You know, there's a hundred things we could do in this gym right now. I can help you out with, and I'll show them how to do it. It's just that asking somebody nicely and being upfront will being get honest. you. Yeah, being honest, just saying like, hey, I, you know, I you work here. I don't know what to do. Can you show me what to do? Just asking for help is going to get you far. If if that's what you're looking for. Dude, I love that. Um, so where can people find you? And, uh, are you working on anything going forward that you want, uh, people to know about? Uh, yes. So you can find me mainly on Twitter, uh, at Hunter French two, three, that's where I like to post my most controversial takes. Uh, get blocked by all the Twitter. Love, I love your controversial takes. Uh, you find me there. I do post a little bit on Instagram. My Instagram is uh, the Primal Human, and then I've got YouTube, the Primal Human. Uh, I don't. I don't know what else I have. Uh, I've got my own website. I can. I can send that to Mike as well. We can get it in the, in the little description below. Um, what else? Oh, I'm working on a nutrition book. So this is something that I've been, you know, about a year ago, I started like writing about nutrition and doing some research on it. And I've got like a book coming up called the primal nutrition guide. And it's just something that it's, I think it's about 30 to 35 pages right now, all about nutrition. And it's something that I want to make it perfect. So I'm not going to drop it till it's perfect, but it's coming. It's, it's almost there. I've got some it's about 75 percent done nice yeah and then like uh i've mentioned before on social media i've got the garage gym open up so uh i recently started in a gym called evolve nice it's like a couple dumbbells uh, a squat rack with a pull-up bar on it and some gymnastics rings i've got a boxing bag i've got a tire for flips so you know i've been working with uh my sisters trying to get them over here in the gym, but uh, that's something I would like to open up to the public soon to get people in here training with me. Dude, that's awesome. Um, th- this has been a ton of fun. Uh, eventually I would like to do one in person with, with you and Hogan. Yes. So uh, eventually when we, when we all meet up, 
um, where we're going to record a podcast. Yes, and uh, I'm gonna get you on Primal Talk. I'm gonna nice. unleash your story. Nice, cool. Let's I, get that going love, soon. I'd love to. I, yeah, I don't want to hold you any longer. I know that you're a dad and and you prioritize your sleep and recovery. So uh, I don't want. Yeah, it's late. It's late for you anyway. <laughs> I, I really appreciate you uh, spending the time, Hunter. Yes, of course, man. I appreciate you as well. I will. I'll talk to you soon. Yes. Thank you, Mike.